This is the Daily Signal podcast for Monday, May 20th. I'm Rob Bluey. And I'm Virginia Allen. Today we are featuring Rob's interview with former presidential candidate Carly Fiorina on her new book and podcast. We have a commentary from our colleague Genevieve Wood on religious freedom, and we share your letters. Plus, Virginia has an encouraging story about the strength of the pro-life movement. Before we begin, we'd like to ask you to help us spread the word about the Daily Signal podcast. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends and family. This will help us make sure that we're continuing to grow and reach even more listeners. Stay tuned for today's show, coming up next. We're joined at The Daily Signal by Carly Fiorina, host of the By Example podcast and author of the new book, Find Your Way, Unleash Your Power and Highest Potential. Carly, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to have you in the studio. You you started as a secretary and later became the first female CEO of a Fortune 50 company. You also ran for president and are now hosting what I think is the best leadership podcast out there. Tell us about your journey and how it led you to write this book. Well, I was one of those people that um, didn't have a sparkling resume. You know, I majored in medieval history and philosophy in college. Not exactly um, the path to the great job. I went to law school briefly, hated it and dropped out. And so my first job in business was as a secretary and I really wasn't trying to get ahead. I was trying to keep my job. But what I learned along the way is that there are problems everywhere. There are people close to those problems who understand them and who actually know what would make them better, but they're rarely given the opportunity or the chance to do so. And so I would collaborate with people and we would solve problems. And the more problems I solved, the more I realized I liked solving problems. And the more I ran to problems, the more opportunities were put in my path. And so what I've learned is that anyone can be a problem solver, which means that all of us can be leaders because problem solving is the purpose of leadership and that our potential really isn't determined by how we start or our circumstances, or even what people think of us. Our potential is determined by how we use what we all have inside. And leadership comes in so many different forms, as you demonstrate on the podcast, and I've heard in your your various interviews. What do you say to those people who may be struggling to find their way right now? What advice do you have for them in the book that, uh, that, that, that would be appealing to them and helpful for them to do exactly what you're talking about? Well, one of the reasons I wrote this book now is because I think people feel in many ways helpless and hopeless and powerless and frustrated. They sort of see a lot of problems that have festered a long time They see a lot of conversation back and forth that isn't particularly collaborative, that is fairly vitriolic, that doesn't seem to get anything done. And so they say, oh, there's nothing I can do. Or they get caught up in social media where, boy, there's a lot of tribal behavior. There's a lot of criticism and vitriol back and forth. But there's also a lot of worry about what other people think about you. There's a lot of criticism. And so... I wrote this book to remind people that each of us have the capacity for problem solving and leadership, that all of us are gifted by God, that 
actually all of us have more potential than we realize. And so my advice to people in this book is, yes, you have to find the courage to tackle a problem, but tackle a problem. And you're going to learn things about yourself that will be refreshing to you. And you're also going to learn things about other people that will be reassuring to you. Some of our listeners might be just starting their careers. Others might be in retirement. Is the the book and are the lessons in the book applicable to them no matter what season of life they might be in? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that I say frequently is that leaders look different. All leaders look different, but leadership is always the same. And so it doesn't matter where you're from or how old you are or what you look like. None of that matters because the fundamentals of leadership are about courage and character and collaborating with others and seeing possibilities all around you and problem solving. And those are things that each of us are capable of, although we sometimes don't use those capabilities. Well, I appreciate it. You certainly have a gift in terms of the, the way not only you talk about it on the show, but uh, but write about it and I think help connect those ideas um, in many cases to, to, to very real situations that have certainly helped me and my role here at the Heritage Foundation and Daily Signal uh, hopefully become a better leader myself. So I, I personally have, have benefited from the work that you are doing. Why is teaching people about leadership so important to you personally? Because we have a lot of problems. We got a lot of problems. I mean, by the way, that's part of life. Life is filled with problems. But if you want things to get better, then we need more leaders. And so whether problems are in communities or families or companies or organizations, those problems will fester unless leaders are lifted up and inspired to tackle those problems. One of the things that I've learned over and over again is that the status quo, whatever it is, is extremely powerful, even when it's really um, disheartening or really dysfunctional, the status quo is powerful. And one of the reasons the status quo is powerful is because when you try and change it, you get criticized. And so what I want to do is unlock the potential for problem solving and leadership wherever it is and lift up leaders, whoever and wherever they are, because the more leaders we have, the better everything is. Now, tell us more about By Example. It's your leadership podcast. You've completed season one. You've had some tremendous guests, uh, Coach Tony Dungy, uh, Colin Powell, our former Secretary of State, Bob Dole. Uh, Just in so many cases, uh, whether it's sports or politics or business, you've brought together people who have shared their own journeys uh, through through as as leaders. Uh, Tell us the vision behind By Example and uh, why you started it and, and how people can learn more about it. Well, by example, is uh, a series of conversations with people who are leaders, not because they're famous, although some of them are, not because of their titles, although some of them have big ones, but because of who they are and what they do with who they are. And so we've had famous people on for sure, and you've mentioned several of them, but we've also had people that probably you've never heard of. We just had a woman who has Down syndrome and is the first registered lobbyist on Capitol Hill with Down syndrome, and she's an amazing leader because leadership is not about position or title or fame or wealth. We think it is. We get very confused about what leadership is. Really what leaders do is change the order of things for the better. They make 
things better. They solve problems. They collaborate with others. And so the reason we call it by example is because the people I have conversations with are an example of leaders that I hope others will learn from. We're very excited in season two to be having the president of the Heritage Foundation, Kay Cole James, an incredible leader, someone who is so unexpected in many ways. She begins in the projects of Richmond and here she is now leading one of the foremost policy and think tank organizations in the world. And she's changed the order of things for the better everywhere she's ever gone. That's so true. And she's brought tremendous leadership here. It is a true honor to to serve under her. Uh, Do you have a favorite guest that you've talked to? No, that's like asking, you know, which of your kids are your favorite? No. Honestly, every single guest we've had has brought something so inspirational to the table. Our guests all have experienced very different circumstances They've made a positive contribution in very different ways. And I hope that when people listen to an entire season, they're reminded of what I said a few minutes ago. Leaders are always different, but leadership is always the same. And for people who want to learn more, please come to CarlyFiorita.com. And you can learn all about the podcast and the work we're doing in communities across America. And you can order a book, find your way as well, if you'd like. And, and you have an organization called Unlocking Potential. I wanted you to share more about the work that you're, you're doing there, uh, because it does extend beyond the podcast and the book. Yes. Uh, Unlocking Potential Foundation is focused on working with nonprofit organizations that are in communities all across this country. And helping them become more effective problem solvers and leaders. You know, a lot of nonprofits are working in really difficult circumstances, and they don't always have the investment in people that we, for example, might take for granted in a well-funded organization or a for-profit organization. And so everything that I've learned about leadership and problem solving, we bring to the table in these nonprofits. We do work with organizations that serve the homeless community here in Washington, D.C. We have partnerships with corporations like American Express or Mass Mutual where they bring us into the communities where their employees are investing to lift those organizations up. Problems only get solved if leaders are present. And leaders are all around us. They just may not know it and they may not have been developed or encouraged in that way. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing on that. You know, I can't let you go without asking at least one question kind of related to politics. So I (laughs) want to go back to the 2016 presidential campaign and ask you what lessons about leadership you learned from that experience of running for president. You know, it's one of the reasons why, honestly, I think Um, the answer to problems isn't in politics right now. And I'm not sure it's going to come out of Washington until politics changes. Uh, This is something that Kay Cole James and I agree very much on. She wrote this in her book in 1995. But I was reminded in that process of something that George Washington said in 1789. In his farewell address to the nation, he said, the trouble with political parties is they will come to care only about winning. And I think what we see in politics is a focus on winning. The problem is when you're focused on winning, that's a very different dynamic than a focus on problem solving. 
Because when you focus on winning, someone has to lose. When you're focused on problem solving, everyone has to win. And so the dynamic is very different. Win-lose versus collaboration and win-win to change the order of things for the better. So if the solution isn't coming from Washington, what are some of the ways that those of us who might work in Washington at an organization like Heritage approach things in a way that is is constructive, collaborative, and work, and helps us solve some of those big problems? Well, you know, one of the reasons that I'm a conservative is because I know that people closest to the problem know best how to solve the problem. I see it over and over and over again. Problems get solved by people who actually experience those problems because they understand them deeply. It's just that so often they're not given the opportunity or the chance or the leadership to solve the problem. And so uh, I believe that change happens from the bottom up, not from the top down. Again, it's why I'm a conservative. It's why I think there's too much power concentrated in Washington. It's why I think decision-making and power and money need to be dispersed. And so what I would encourage the Heritage Foundation is to continue to do the work you have been doing, which is to say, no, concentrating power and money in decision-making always results in power abused and decision-making that's not effective and money that's wasted. We know that, but that's why I'm a conservative and I think it plays out. That's a great definition of a conservative. And I'll tell you, it is a challenge even to remind some conservatives uh, about the proper role and of government and uh, and why we believe in limited government and federalism and, and making sure that those decisions do happen in communities and localities. Uh, well, principles and politics yeah. are sometimes not the same thing either. That's true. <laughs> and the trouble with principles is they're frequently inconvenient in politics because they cut against the team you're on. And yet... If we believe in principles, they apply all the time. Yes. No, they certainly do. Uh, the one thing that uh, Kay James likes to talk about is heritage serving as the true north of uh, conservatism and and being an articulator of those principles. And so hopefully that's a role that uh, she and all of us can continue to play. Carly Fiorina, I want to thank you for the opportunity to talk about uh, Find Your Way, about your podcast. Uh, by example, I encourage our listeners to buy the book, to check out the podcast, to learn more about your work at carlyfiorina.com. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I encourage you to continue the very important work of the Heritage Foundation. It is more important than ever now. Thank you. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? If you want to understand what's happening at the court, subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a Heritage Foundation podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court. Up next, we have Genevieve Wood's commentary on religious freedom. The First Amendment to the United States Constitution begins, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Fast forward almost 250 years, and religious freedom is one of the most pressing issues in American culture today. Let's take a look at some of the concerns surrounding this debate. First of all, what is religious freedom? Religious freedom is more than the freedom to worship at a synagogue, church, or mosque. It means people shouldn't have to go against their core values and beliefs in order to conform to culture or government. Religious freedom protects people's right to live, speak, and act according to their beliefs, peacefully and publicly. It protects their ability to be themselves at work, 
in class, and at social activities. Okay, that sounds good, but does such freedom allow people to do whatever they want under the cover of religion? Well, that answer is no. The Supreme Court has said the federal government may limit religious freedom, but only when it has a compelling interest to do so in order to protect the common good and limit people's ability to harm others. Here's how that applies to the most common allegation in religious freedom cases today, charges of discrimination. Should florists, photographers, and bakers be forced to provide their services for same-sex weddings and celebrations that violate their religious beliefs? Well, let's flip the question. Should a lesbian graphic designer or printer be forced to create a flyer for a religious group's rally opposing same-sex marriage? In both cases, the answer should be no. There are plenty of other bakers that provide cakes for same-sex weddings, and there are other graphic artists a religious group can hire. Additionally, in neither example is a person or group being denied a service because of who they are. It's because of the specific service they are requesting. In these cases, there is not a compelling interest for the government to interfere. That is very different from Jim Crow laws that mandated segregation based on racial supremacy. These laws prevented all individuals and businesses, regardless of their personal beliefs, from opening their doors and providing their services to African Americans. These laws enforced widespread discrimination and denied African Americans basic necessities. The government absolutely had a compelling interest to interfere. And that's why the answer to this next question is very important. Does religious freedom mean religious people get special rights? No. Religious freedom prevents the cultural majority from using the power of the state to impose their beliefs on others. This protects everyone, religious and non-religious alike, from the government becoming so powerful that it can tell people what to think and how to act. Conscience has been considered the individual's most sacred right. A government that intrudes on conscience will not hesitate to intrude on our other freedoms. Additionally, forcing individuals and faith-based organizations to choose between living out their religious beliefs or serving their neighbors actually harms our communities. Did you know that an estimated 350,000 religious congregations operate schools, pregnancy resource centers, soup kitchens, drug addiction programs, homeless shelters, and adoption agencies? These efforts serve 70 million Americans each year, and the value of their services are estimated at over a trillion dollars annually. Ultimately, everyone benefits from religious freedom. It covers all people equally. Christians, Jews, Muslims, agnostics, and atheists. Religious freedom preserves America's diversity, where people of different faiths, worldviews, and beliefs can peacefully live together without fear of punishment from the government. Efforts to repress religious freedom is not just an attack on individual liberty and human dignity, but on the very foundation that has made America strong. Do you have an opinion that you'd like to share? Leave us a voicemail at 202-608-6205 or email us at letters at dailysignal.com. Yours could be featured on the Daily Signal podcast. Thanks for sending us your letters to the editor. Each Monday, we feature our favorites on this show and in the Morning Bell email newsletter. 
Virginia, who's up first? Bill King of Pittsburgh writes, I really enjoyed Genevieve Wood's discussion with Jordan Peterson on socialism and the radical left's obsession with big government and big taxes. Education is the key to restoring our republic. By teaching our founding documents and the golden rule, respect will lead to socialism fading away. Capitalism and free markets trump socialism. Let freedom ring. And Lawrence Easterling writes, Dear Daily Signal, right on. Your work in defense of our country's future is exemplary. The Daily Signal is a constant reminder of all that is relevant in our pursuit of a better America. I am a contributor to the Heritage Foundation, and I look forward daily to receiving these articles. Keep up the good work. Now more than ever, we need support from patriots such as your admirable organization. Your letter could be featured on next week's show. Send an email to letters at dailysignal.com or leave a voicemail message at 202-608-6205. Do you own an Amazon Echo? You can now get the Daily Signal podcast every day as part of your daily Alexa flash briefing. It's easy to do. Just open your Amazon Alexa app Go to settings and select flash briefing. From there, you can search for the Daily Signal podcast and add it to your flash briefing so you can stay up to date with the top news of the day that the liberal media isn't covering. Virginia, you have an encouraging story to share with us today. Tell us about it. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Many of you probably heard about Representative Brian Sims of Pennsylvania harassing three teen girls and a mom, Ashley Gerecht, as they prayed outside of a Philadelphia Planned Parenthood. But what you might not have heard is some of the good news that resulted from Representative Sims' actions. Pro-life leaders, including Abby Johnson, author of the book Unplanned, held a rally outside that same Planned Parenthood in response to Representative Sims' actions. During the rally, Abby Johnson reminded the crowd of the importance of standing in prayer outside abortion clinics. This battle is not going to be won in the halls of Congress. It is not going to be won in the White House. It's going to be won right here on these sidewalks where abortions are taking place. Because our goal in this movement must not be simply to make abortion illegal. Ashley Gerecht was also at the rally and shared a bit about her and her daughter's encounter with Representative Sims. She told the crowd that after she and her daughters were bullied by Representative Sims, they decided to use their moment in the public's eye to launch a GoFundMe in support of the pro-life union of Greater Philadelphia. Ashley told the crowd they have already raised over $100,000. And our fundraiser right now is over Ashley spoke to the powerful good that has come from what seemed like a terrible situation for her and her family. Even in the midst of all 
love this story because it really highlights the reason why we do this good news segment every week. You know, the news is often negative or discouraging, but sometimes there really is great good that comes out of difficult situations. And it's so important that we stop and that we do celebrate the good that comes out of adversity. That's so true, Virginia. Well, thank you for sharing that story. We're going to leave it there for today. The Daily Signal podcast comes to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. You can find it on the Ricochet Audio Network along with our other podcasts. All of our shows can be found at dailysignal.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And be sure to listen every weekday by adding the Daily Signal podcast as part of your Alexa flash briefing. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or give us feedback. It means a lot to us and helps us spread the word to others. It sure does. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Daily Signal and Facebook.com slash The Daily Signal News. The Daily Signal podcast will be back tomorrow with Kate and Daniel. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to The Daily Signal Podcast, executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit dailysignal.com.